podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett and with me to talk about two clean sheets, <laughs> two clean sheets, my gosh, that's the highlight, uh, and the progress in the cup, to be fair. Um, I have the full crew. Um, I've got my namesake and our resident data collection uh, expert, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Rhodes, evening, Rhodesy. Evening, mate. Didn't have to collect either of these games. Gags was on this one and there is a story in it. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh... Not much else to talk about from... from you must have had a pretty quiet weekend then. <laughs> you don't know what to do with yourself. I've got the Real Madrid and I've got uh, one of the others as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, and we do have the Dynamic Sports Science duo. Uh, first of all, he's back, just got back from um, Winter Nets. And I don't know don't know if you've had time to get up to the Ivory Tower or not, uh, but how you getting no, on, mate? No, 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 mate, the lift's not coming, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you doing, mate? Um, looking forward to yeah. talking about this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Chelsea again, definitely. Yeah. I know there's some interesting tactical stuff we'll get to, yeah, to get stuff for sure. into, for sure. for sure. And he doesn't know what we're going to talk about, but he's turned up anyway. It's Mr. Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. Who doesn't love Monday night pod? Yeah. Um, training off tonight? No, we're training. Okay. Freeze my nuts off at training, but we're training. Uh, do, you want to, do you want to have a word on the uh, Liverpool-Chelsea um, ladies? Oh, yes. Let's do that. Um, oh, that is utter garbage. How, um, how does that actually happen? How does how do you actually play the game for six minutes and then cancel it? Well, I think largely what what... We're we're right at now the inception, the crossover point of um the eighties of of men's football. <laughs> Is that where women are? Women I, think, women. I think we're, we're in different facets of the game, but I think uh, we're at different points of time. Um but I think with the the women have quickly jumped to the eighties, um, a comparison of men in terms of media and TV and money. Um and the the money and TV coverage jumped so far in two years from nowhere to let's put it on every game as much as we can for the for basically Chelsea but the big teams um, and they don't have the facilities that cope with it. That's basically it. So um, instead of playing at, at the at the main men's grounds, they play at lower league grounds. Yeah. And no one to soil heating. Exactly. So, so the lower leagues aren't funded very well. What they should do is, and I saw a stupid, um, what's that word? 
where people ask for a, um, you to sign our oh, petition. Uh, yeah. So an online petition by one by a woman footballer said, uh, "Sign this for for um, underfloor heating, uh, underfloor heating at women's stadiums." Absolutely nonsense. It was stupid. It's a stupid idea. It's about the four hundred fiftieth thing that should be funded in women in the women's game. It will cost millions, and there are so many things that are way way more important that are already massively underfunded. Yeah. Um, what they should do is is make sure that they either play at the men's ground because the argument is always going to be, uh, oh, it digs up the pitch. Uh, so it, so it ruins it for the men's game, but why is it okay for the lower league teams to have their pitch dug up, uh, yeah. for, for somebody else's club to play there? It's not, it's not cool. So that's what they should do. But in this case, they, they basically went, the pitch is frozen on one half of the pitch. They put blowers on the night before to warm it up. And in the morning, there was still a quarter of the pitch was totally iced. And uh, at nine thirty inspection, the ref said, "Game's off." TV went, "No." Um, so they went, "Well, maybe we can look again at two kickoff was twelve thirty. Um, as far as Matt was concerned, the uh, women's Liverpool women's manager was like, uh, "Okay, so we come back at twelve thirty. He found out at eleven thirty the game was going ahead. So they so they all piled out and uh, and and started warming up and were like, "This pitch is terrible." Um, they kicked off at twelve thirty as they were supposed to, um, and um, thirty girl. Uh, there have been thirty falls, slips in the first six minutes. Thirty. Wow. What a show the ref called it off because it's dangerous. It yeah. was, I've never seen it like that. Like in men's game, like, can we, we legitimately legitimately blame Sky TV for this? Is it Sky or was it BT? BBC. BBC. Was it BBC? Mm. Yeah, I think it's just a function of where we're at. I don't think it's anybody's fault. I don't like. Oh, I think never we can blame. I think we can blame TV. <laughs> yeah, I do blame blame them. But it's what, it's it's just this is just because it's it, the game has grown so rapidly. Yeah. That's all. It's just. But it's, it's, it's also cool. had the balls to go no. It was actually sub zero overnight. It was one of the coldest nights in the UK, and there's there's been in 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 a, in a year, and and um yeah, and it was just uh, early morning frost. It was old school, yeah. So it was just anyway properly frozen on a bad pitch. And anyway, but, but from the coach's perspective, I was fu- we we had uh, we had a game called off, and I was furious. So like that, they are fighting against that. Yeah. Were there any injuries? Say no. It- thankfully. Good. But it's incredibly lucky. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the no injuries. Yeah. So, does any of this feed into the FA banning top flight games being played on 3G? Yeah, probably. The game would probably have gone ahead on 3G, but our game was called off on 3G. So you just. No, oh, no I'm just. Well, well the first team, uh, our first team played on grass. No, they didn't. It was 3G. Yeah, our first team played on, on 3G, but. Um, the de- uh, my team, the devs, the uh, our academy team were our game was cancelled. You're in a championship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There's a nice insight from inside the game into the current state of women's top flight football in the UK. Anyway, so side, we're gonna have to make you talk about Wolves and Chelsea now. Unfortunately, Jesus Christ, I barely remember that guy. Right, but right, Wolves was. Um, so long ago um, that what we're only going to do is we're going to use the Wolves game as the lead into the Chelsea game in terms of the starting point for the pod is going to be the Brighton pod, the Brighton game, Liverpool completely broken, completely annihilated on the pitch, um, a complete shambles of perform- performance, trying to do 
the same thing that we've done for many years and getting hope nowhere near to executing it to the required level and being absolutely torn to shreds by Brighton. Um, and then what changes have we made? Did we make in response to that? Uh, and the starting with Wolves and then continuing into Chelsea. So that's going to be that's going to be the context of this pod. So slightly different, and the pod's going to be finishing off by looking forward to the next game, which is away at Brighton. So um, yeah, slightly slightly different, but hopefully it works out anyway. Let us know how we how you think we did at the end of the show. Right. Okay. So we are going to start with those lineups. Um, Sai, eight changes for Wolves. Um, everybody on the BBC, Danny, I think it was Danny Murphy and somebody else saying, oh, Liverpool taking a gamble here, lots a lot of changes, blah, 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 blah. Um, how much of it was the normal um, rotating in the sort of kind of youth and, um, uh, and kind of reserve options and how much of it was Brighton was just so catastrophic, we, doing, the, doing nothing was not an option? Um, I... I think we got the first double game week for since the World Cup, basically, mm. uh, and and he'd been play, rolling the same lads out and out and out and out and and a couple of them <coughs> off injuries, um, and so I think we got basically three injuries to significant players, um, so that brought in that got rid of Trent, that got rid of Hendo, that got rid of Darwin. Then you're left with what you're left with. Um, well, Darwin, Darwin missed Brighton, of course, as well, didn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I suppose. But um, <laughs> but from what first team we had, um, yes. then So you basically got Mo that was that was uh, leveraged out and Robbo. Uh, but then there's the Fab thing midweek as well. So it, it was a little bit of the uh, of the Caribou Cup rotation in there, I suppose. Yeah, seems sensible to me more than anything. Yeah. It would have been more sensible to me if we'd have done it in the first game. First Wolves game, cup game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then um, for the Chelsea match, five changes from Brighton to Chelsea. So lots and lots of talk leading up to the match side about, um, you know, there was an improved performance against Wolves. You know, what's it going to say about the team, the pecking order within the dressing room? You met, you You were pretty active on um, social on your Twitter feed after the Wolves game about some of the selections in midfield. A lot of talk about meritocracy, Si. Um, later maybe turns out, is it... So question is, how much of this is a meritocratic... of the Chelsea game was a meritocratic selection? How much was still circumstantial? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Uh, well, when when the team was announced, it felt like after it felt like the wave of goodwill after the Wolves game which probably result and having a thunder bastard um, <clears throat> felt better than it actually process has changed was. Yes. Um, 
and that we you can get caught up in the midfield. Um, but it definitely looks something positive. And so that them, including Bajatic, um, I, I, I think if I think if Naby had kept his place, it would have been less thought of. It would have been less of a big deal. Um, but with Bajatic starting as well, it felt much more like, oh wow, okay, you get you get to and and Harvey, who who reputedly had a good game, so it it looks like uh, okay, the the these are being rewarded for after a good performance. And then it turns out after the game that Trent and Hendo were injured, and Darwin had only played, only trained once as well. So, so none of none of those boys could have come back in. So you got you got uh, Bajtic and uh, so, um, so they, they, Fab, so they, so they Fab had been... only trained twice. Fab had only had two training sessions a week. Um, uh, Trent had had one. Darwin had had one. But they were fit enough for the bench. Numbers, yeah. Okay, so. Maybe not the whole meritocracy thing that people were making it out to be yet. Maybe none of that meritocracy yet. But but yeah, <clears throat> but let's let's hope that, that it's gonna remain. Who knows? So what you'd need to what we'd need to see to in order to conclude it's a meritocratic selection based on, you know, you come in, you made a difference, you made an improvement in some some respects, will be the next match. Yes, my my feeling is that you need to have three consecutive games to, you need to be given the opportunity to know you're playing three consecutive games um, so that you can bed into the team and have, uh, alleviates pressure. If you're just going to get right, he he played badly for 10 weeks and then now you're going to get a game, what you're going to end up is a lad trying to take 12 players on and having an, an abomination of a football match. And then, and then it just gives the manager an excuse to rotate him straight out. Yeah. Yeah. But so the Chelsea game was five changes from Brighton, which were Matip, um, Trent, in, you said Trent was injured in, in, in the week. Fabinho also injured. Henderson also injured. And then the last one was... Darwin. No, from the Brighton match. Five changes from the Brighton match to Chelsea. Um, ooh. Help me out, boys. Harvey started, didn't. didn't play. Yeah, no, I mentioned him. Matic, Trent, Fab, Hendo and one other. Uh, be some out front, wasn't it? Um, who Ox. played wide left? Yeah, Ox. Ox, Ox, Ox yeah. So, yeah, they were the five changes from Brighton to Chelsea. Um, Rosie, thought, you thought your thoughts on the the two games and the and the selection changes from um it was needed um as i says i don't think we can conclude yet that it's a meritocracy um although playing two games in, in that space of time um and when we still needed a lot of running again, you might have thought there would have been a b- bit more rotation um, from the from the Wolves Cup game, but he stuck with them. Um, we'll come on to the stats, Dan, because it's hard to conclude whether uh, we want to see much more of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah we'll do that in a minute. But yeah, just on the lineups. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, so you were you were you were happy to see the two yeah. lineups? You thought that you know. Between- it was hard to, it, well, it's looking now like there's injuries, but there's no way it could have picked the same team that played against Brighton because they were that bad. I agree. So the, sh- the shock was that it didn't yeah. 
back more for the um, Chelsea game. But then, like I says, they were injured, so they couldn't come in anyway. So we don't know. Well, yet. that's the thing. I mean, I mean, so um, how much of this is players? Players were genuinely injured, Bart. What do you reckon? Do you reckon they were all? Do you reckon they all were injured, or do you reckon it was injured egos, or do you reckon it was actual injuries? I, I trust size information that they only trained <laughs> once a week, but. I do also think this is an that's a the Wolves game was an easy throwaway. Like, you know, what I mean, you, it, from Brighton you had to do something, yeah. Mm. It just so happened he had a cup game, so he could have done something, made a statement as he did. It didn't really matter. Yeah, right. The, the big thing for me was he kept that line up for Chelsea because we've seen him before where they've trained not a lot and played. Do you know what I mean? There's been mm. people come off planes and played the next day. So I get I get what I'm saying, and I, I don't believe it is a full meritocracy until the two young uh, the youngster, the kid, and, and Naby Keita placed in the next game. If that happens over a sustained period, then fair enough. Yeah. Uh, up front, I think generally we're just putting jerseys out. You know, I don't think we've got that many options. Yeah, I just think Harvey. Yeah, he had an all right game against Wolves, so therefore he's in uh, over Ox, who didn't have a great game against Brighton. So do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Gapko and Mo, you're not going to drop them, are you? So and the back line, I think. Matic's probably the only one we you beat in have a great game against Brighton. Uh, Gomez needs to come back in. He would have played the cup game anyway. Well, he didn't have a great game against Villa in the first game back. No, but what I'm saying is yeah. he, he would have played the cup game. So yeah. he played the cup game and he did all right, I think. He was okay. So therefore, they went, all right, fair enough. I just think there's a little bit of a... I think Sai said it's in between. It'd be interesting to see what happens on the third and fourth game. I mean, I was happy with the lineup lineup because I think something had to change. But mm. we'll come on to some of the... Yeah. Problems it's caused maybe on the ball. Yeah, yeah. If that's the word, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the next game is Brighton, which is next Sunday and in the FA Cup. And after that, it's the following week again. Is that right? For Wolves in the league? Is that is that it? I think that's right. Yeah. Because we play like Wolves, Chelsea in double times in the yeah. same sort of periods. And Brighton, it's like we played the same, same three sides in the next yeah. sort of run of games, which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's talk about okay, as well as the changes of personnel, say. Let's talk about let's start there's a lot to talk about in terms of the changes of game plan, I think. Um how did you see do, let's 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 go through those things that we saw in, in the two in the two fixtures, the Wolves game and the Chelsea game, in terms of our change in our game plan and in across the four phases of play. So I I think across the midfield we lined up in the way that we had we have done and we've practiced for the last three years, really, um, or four years, five years even. Um, at, but I think the emphasis of the game was to stay compact. So Naby would get ahead of the ball, but he would only get ahead of the ball um, once we'd got solid possession of the game. So it was really third pass, then he would make a movement to go ahead of the ball. And I think that was triggered by um, Gakpo dropping. Um, so we were making sure we we were going security first in midfield, and they were t- they were making very very um, tight like movements together. So they were always twelve fifteen meters apart. They were never further apart than that. So one move they all moved together. It was a very it was like the um, there were much less rotation between the front three and the midfield than we typically have. We usually have those triangles out wide that rotate amongst themselves. So sometimes Trent goes in, sometimes Hendo goes out, sometimes sometimes uh, Mo drops deep, or previously 
uh, Ginny would have dropped, uh, Robbo would have gone, Mane would have come in. We're having much less of those rotations in the triangles out wide. Um, so we've been a much more, we've been a more rigid midfield, um, which allowed us to secure possession and stop the counter-attack through the middle. I think that's that's largely the goal is any negative transition is to limit the negative transitions as much as possible. So so it's to force play with possession less um, or be, be more deliberate and slower in when we make that. So we either launch the ball 40 yards over the top, of which um, we already have 10 men behind the ball, or we wait until we we've got a solid structure before we make we try the incisive pass. So it comes off it it makes us look less creative, um, but it makes us more solid against the negative transition, which has been a weakness all season. It's been our biggest weakness this yeah. season. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I we we give the ball away at impromptu moments at times when we didn't expect, and we aren't set. That, I think that's the two biggest weaknesses we have. Yeah. Um, but continuing the um, game plans, um, a couple of big ones, I suppose, is that both matches we saw Harvey Allett in the front three and Cody Gakpo uh, in in what used to be called the Bobby role. Yeah. Um, how do you think those things worked, and what was the, what was the plan there with those two players? I think, I mean, I hope we've chatted about this a bit. I think um, I think with the midfield free taking the protect option rather than be an option, you know, we talk about protect or be an be option. Be an option, think, be protection, yeah. Yeah, I think they were taking more protect and they were playing in a very tight area. I think Gapgo being up front, as we've seen some of the analysis that you guys have done beautifully, is he sort of shut that front zone off. So he helped the back three behind by stopping the uh, vertical passes out from the back straight into into the opposition's midfield area, yeah. which helped. I'm not entirely convinced, Harvey. I think from some of the press maps you guys have done and I've done, I think Harvey, was the left side wasn't as in sync as the right. Um, he was often in the same sort of areas as Robinson was, which I'm not sure was the plan. If you look at where the difference between um, Milner, Nabi and Mo. They've got they overlap, but not mm. to the degree which Elliot and Robertson do. So I think there's a tweak there. But then he's a kid; he's playing his wrong foot. I don't know whether some of that comes into it. So, but I think gap go. It's a it's a it's a cost benefit, isn't it? Because clearly yeah. off the ball, gap go is better than Nunes. Yeah, yeah. or seemingly better than Nunes. He stopped for the moment. We have to stop conceding goals. We have to stop the easy goals being scored, which is walking for our centre midfield. So Gapko stopping that sort of that zone fourteen we talk about, defending in that area, stopping the vertical passes through that area into the opposition forwards or into the opposition eights, so they can turn on the ball and attack our six. That him doing that is more beneficial than having a player who can go the other way and definitely score. If that makes sense. So I think it's a bit of a trade-off at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean... Which is fair, which is fine. Yeah, it's just we I have mean, to accept that, you know. Yeah, and we're not we're not saying that Cody Gakpo is like Bobby Firmino in the respect of leading a counter-press sure. and leading a... You know, he's still uh, learning. It's to start. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be the, you know, um, 
proactively going after the opposition. And it, it was a very, very much a defensive role, dropping back almost yeah. into the midfield as that first line of defence. It was almost like, can you think, um, who who could we call out as a, as just as a, a defensive nine? The obvious one is Park Ji-sung, right? In the old yeah, Alex I mean, Ferguson Man United team, right? So I, but there's... Go on, yeah, he as well. he, Park didn't play nine. But yeah, 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 I get He's like, he's, he's, he... Gakpo so far has been exactly what I I envisaged and we talked about on the pod, me knowing very little about him and being entirely uh, generalising about players from Holland. He has been Dirk Cow. Yeah. He yeah. knows where to be. It's mechanical. And it's the opposite of Darwin and Diaz. Yeah. He's technically good, isn't he? He's just... Yeah, he hasn't got it's maybe team something. first. He's tactically yeah. good. I've no yeah. idea if he's technically anything. I've not seen him do anything with the ball, but he's tactically appropriate. I don't even know if it's good. He's yeah. tactically appropriate. Yeah. So, in terms of playing a tactical defensive role as a nine, can we think of anybody? If, you, if we're not going to say Park Jisung, then um, is there anybody else who you think uh, any open open question? Who 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 are we looking at as a? A template for this. Stefan Givarch. Stefan Givarch. France 1998. Giroud. Giroud, yeah. Yeah. Havertz does it. He's just not got the height, has he? Oh, Havertz is tall. Havertz is tall. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. But isn't he just another Peter Crouch? In that, in that he is bigger than he, like he spends the like Darwin's the same. They spend the whole time going. I'm not big. Yeah, I'm not in the ball yeah. just because yeah. I'm big. What are you talking about? I'm not in the ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they look big, but they don't behave like they're big. No, no, definitely not. Okay, um, but it's, this is better. Like, like breaking down Gakpo from you guys, it would have been great. The the stuff um, that Gags collected with with the pressing, I like. I think that's really appropriate to to make judgments of what he's doing. You're saying he's, he's a good defensive gap. Um, uh, well, I'm just saying in these two games, I think I just think I, I think you have to acknowledge that. that he, yeah, he, he but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a this, tactical, but, like you but, said, but, a tactical role, a defensive role. Just make us compact and difficult. Yeah, to but what I'm saying is that this is uh, like it, it doesn't align with our usual uh, timeline. But this is probably the best time to talk about what he was doing pressing wise, because because that like people don't have that agreed as evidence. Do you know what I mean? And that's exactly what we're talking about. That's probably the story of this game is is what Gakpo did in pressing. Yeah, because I, yeah, I was sure. on watching the game and looking at numbers. The numbers are available to the world. I was not impressed by him, and I'm not being mean about him. I'm not making any judgment. I'm I'm saying, but I can say I wasn't impressed by him. That doesn't mean say I think he's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So I think on the ball, yeah, we, there's a there's a, I think off the ball performance. Having looked at numbers, having looked at the stuff, stuff that's been done on him uh, from our data. I think yeah, I think in this is this is a good performance from him. On the ball is a different matter. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's do the Gakpo stuff now. Um this uh, this made the times today, by the way, for everybody. Yeah, um, I know. Well um done. so so I know you're not on Discord anymore. You, you you retired off Discord, I think is the word. Yeah. I actually dropped in the other day. Did you really? It's because it's such a ball ache to get in and the security oh, right. and blah blah, but I got in. Okay, nice. 
Uh, right. Anyway, I'll put it in the chat for you so you can have a look at it. So, so there, well, but so it made it made the time stay OT. So thank you. I mean, obviously, Gags collected this one, not you. But next time, it might be your your collections that make the times as well. Yeah. Oh, the pressing got in the times. Yeah, yeah. In, nice. in, in, in in our database. Yeah, yeah. The visit drafted early in the week. Oh, yeah. Hamza, who we see. Hamza. Yeah, yeah. On the Tactics Weekly Pod. So, Rosie, remember Tactic. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So, uh, Cody Gakpo, though. Um, so, 54, 85 minutes played, 54 presses. 54 presses is a lot. Okay, wait. So, the first thing we have to acknowledge is in this game, we only had 47% of the ball. So, that is not very much. Liverpool normally have oh, significantly over 50%, even against teams like Chelsea. Um, so, 54, but it's still good. Once you adjust for possession, it was 50. I've lost the number now, 53.5, 55.3, sorry, 55.3 possession adjusted, right, per 90. That's the 10th highest match figure ever. So I think that is notable in itself, um, especially because I was questioning, you know, when we signed him about he didn't show anything in his in his data at all about off the ball. Um, shout out to Patrick on Discord who did say that his PSV coach um, and his team actively discouraged this kind of style of play anyway. So it's a bit difficult to tell from the last year. So fair enough there. Um, but yeah, Ro- Rosie, fifth, 10th highest average just in terms of volume. In, you know, that, that's, 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 that's worth noting, isn't it? Absolutely. And continues from a uh, 40-plus amount last week when it was, a, it was the highest right. as well. The only concern is uh, the amount of possession wins in, is in the dance. So there was two high-value press wins in this. It was one last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like 47 last week, 55 this. So 101. This is exactly what you were talking about. He's doing that defensive role of he's pushing them back. He's not winning the ball. He's just stopping them from passing through him. Literally doing that because there's 90% efficiency in this. He's not winning it back through a like a Firmino tackle where he wins it and then on the counter. He's not forcing them into making an error. It's forcing them to turn sideways and knock it um, to one of their players. And that's basically what he's done. In yeah, the, and, the, and the way the gags... And the against Wolves as well, but we haven't got those for stats. Yeah, and the way the gags... And we, 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 I'm sure if we'd have collected Wolves, we, should, we didn't... Sorry, listeners, we didn't collect Wolves um, FA Cup. But we were talking about it, though, in the group, weren't we, after the match? Yeah. We were saying, should yeah. we collect this game? Because we think we were watching it. We think there's, you know, there was potential the same story there, I think. It's fair yeah. to say, isn't it, Rosie? Well, it was just a huge improvement on the Brighton, Brighton pressing performance, which was the worst one. Yeah. So. It was always, well, you would think it was always going to improve, but the fact that he's now taken on a role like that. And I st- I'm, I'm, I can see why he's gone with that tactic, but I'd still like to see him on the left where he's been so successful this season. And then, yeah. Yes. But maybe that, maybe we need but to stop the bleeding. Maybe but, we need to stop the bleeding first. Yeah. 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 And, that, and it worked because in, in both games, I'm not sure we created many where we were passed through the middle. Um, and, no. On the part, there was set piece, big chances conceded. Um, but I'm not sure we had the ones that repeatedly Brighton did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way Gangs described it as well, Rosie was very nice in, um, in his analysis. He said that you know, Gakpo would cut off the easy pass from the center backs into the middle, force them to go wide, and he would be backed up by Thiago and Naby yeah. in a kind of almost like a 
a triangle. He was the tip of the triangle. And those two behind him would then cut off the passing lanes into those options. So Chelsea would have to, were actively, those three players were actually trying to funnel Chelsea out wide. And then we'd, then we'd launch onto those. Like Salah would join in and Elliot would join in and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, Milner had, because obviously the fullbacks were important in that, Milner had 100% efficiency after. Yeah. And Robertson. Yeah. And Robertson. Then, side, looking at your possession control, that, that's an, a horrendous figure for Milner, isn't it? What was his figure? For the match. His possession control in this game, minus 20 or something. Yeah, it's terrible because, but that's, that's because of where he's playing. Trent's is always really, really low. Um, because he, he he does the longer passes, but oh. um, yeah, Milner 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 had one of <clears throat> eleven crosses. That'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's minus ten straight away on the pedestrian yeah. control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, Bart, what did you think on the the pressing stuff? And uh, in terms of the, the in terms of the role, and terms of the and in terms of the system. No, I, I agree with what Rosie said. I think he was into. He had a large volume, didn't he, to stop yeah. them from moving around. And I think it actually marries in with some of the pass networks. There's there's not a lot of vertical passes into Havertz. You yeah. know what I mean? The the thick lines are around our centre area, which kind of backs up what you guys are saying about Gatgo blocking that off. So there's no vertical pass and they've had to go sideways into Shalaba. And I can't even pronounce the left-sided centre-half. Um, Badishil. Badishil. Yeah, who yeah, then would go into Hall. And I mean, I think that also led to... Uh, Zilic got the highest XT in the game. Or APV. Uh, Zilic, sorry. So, because Zilic. they just... Yeah, he was their out ball, um, which is on our left, which is Harvey's side as well. Mm. So, whereas the rest are all kind of a, a, a lower... They're nowhere near the blue, if you like, for a high APV value. So... Yeah, it, it, the the past networks and who's got the highest EBV and XT, whatever you want to call it, um, mat, matches with what you're saying about how our midfield three worked with Gatco to stop the balls into the middle. I think typically uh, Shuginio and Gallagher have been working really well as a two in there, um, and they they're very low colours in terms of their um, their production. It's not forwards; it's, it's sideways. Yeah, and I think the other thing to worth noticing: all our three midfielders. Um, considering that it was a 47% possession game. In the past, Rosie, you'll know this from the games you've collected, You'll, when we have 47% possession, the three centre midfielders will, will have 30, maybe 35 presses each, yeah? Yeah, it's really strange, the uh, lack of volume that they've got in this game, isn't it? Yeah, so... Um, so Kate, gaps, just looking at the gaps on the heat map... Um, yeah. Cater 18, Thiago 17, Bacetic 16. But it's more to do with what Sai was saying. I think there was more coordination of the three midfielders moving together. And it was basically marking and closing off Chelsea options. So they were man-marking Chelsea players, but they were never actually being getting to press because their man wasn't even getting the ball. So it was the kind of stuff that wouldn't even get counted, even not with, not even with our pressing data. They're yeah. blocking zones off. If yeah. you look at the zone map, they they work really well to on the right side specifically to create a massive zone to say you can't come through the middle there. The left is it there's a little gap between uh Thiago, Gapko and Elliot, as I've said. Yeah. They work really well at stopping that 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 ball in. And yeah. I I, th- I think the other thing about Gakpo's press map and Chelsea game, I think it's I don't think I've ever seen one that disciplined 
Um, yeah. Literally just a line across a, a strip of the pitch. Just it's shot half, half space to half space. Yeah, shuttle yeah. runs almost there yeah. <laughs> across the pitch um, and lateral. I mean, because obviously when it was Bobby playing the role in his pomp, Bobby would be all over the place. He'd be hunting it deep into the penalty area and, and all over the you know the, the final third, linking with you know hunting impacts with Mane and uh, and Mo. Um, but this is a very different kind of role. He seems um, deeper second half. I don't know, Rosie, whether you know he didn't collect it. Sorry, but um, the the area of his press in the second half is, is a lot is larger. Right. Double the double the size as first half. Yeah. So I don't um, know the I think I think we did. Yeah, that the shape did change after the after the after we after we made the cater sub. So. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um, I'll check out the the Anfield Index Discord all the times for more. But um, we um, it was very noticeable that the other nine outfield players all pressed in the half space or to the outside of the half space, not in the central zone. No, literally the only player pressing in that central zone on the pitch was Gakpo. Everybody else was holding positions and then pressing to the outside. So, yeah, a very, very different approach to what we've seen off the ball. So do you think um, um, the relative success of it, which I'm going to say relative success because the XG doesn't say it was an unqualified success, do you think it might mean we, we might persist with this approach even if the personnel change i don't know because hendo came on and then carrot and then became prime lalana again so who knows it whether it's <laughs> whether it's by design whether it's yeah. beca- because of the um personnel or supposedly the training camps that we had and all this stuff but yeah. we carried on doing the same thing after the training camps who knows like and who knows how much it is uh, we've actually changed something deliberately or it's just the opposition we've played against in the last two games. I don't know. Because relatively, Wolves and Chelsea are fairly um, tepid in attack. Well, the, yeah, they're both, they're, they're both very similar. They're both possession-orientated, nice technical teams, nice, nice midfielders, yeah. It's not yeah, much they're, going they're forward. They're our possession. Yeah, um, no. and, and they're the opposite of Brighton in the <clears> Brighton go man. Well, Brighton go man for man, which yeah. is in their defence, and they don't. And there's a whole lot of tactical rotation that, that Chelsea do off the ball. Like, there's there if you... You guys... I don't know if Barts has been, but, um, but like, uh, being exposed to the pro licence, um, and it's... There's there's like a hipster thing going on, like the influence of Pep is absolutely yeah, it's mental. Yeah. And yeah. and watching watching that's, that's young... Guardiola, not Linders, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching uh, young coaches, in, or not necessarily even young with Graham Potter, but like English coaches, mm. and and their. Um, the way they impose tactical rotations on defenses and in possession of how you gain um faith, uh, how you gain ground in the it, it, through the zones from a goal kick um it's the same whilst being there whilst it looks like they're they f- it makes them feel like they're being unique in what they're doing like they're adding all of this extra fluff of of midfield fullbacks and wing rotations 
to to gain three yards of space outside of the penalty box. And and Chelsea do it like incessantly. What they're doing with their uh, what's he called? Hall? Yeah, his his interchanging through the four phases. Sometimes he was playing centre mid, tucked in alongside Jorginho. Sometimes he was going uh, playing in behind Cucurella. Um, and sometimes he was the um, the furthest presser on the left-hand side ahead of Mount. Um, I, I would, I, seeing his movement numbers would, would be uh, interesting. Um, but like how the, the they interacted... And then Chalaba, you could hear them rambling on about change, the formation changing because they weren't quite sure what was going on. Oh, he's going four three three now. No, no, he's going to three at the back again. And they weren't at all. That that just depending on where where who had the possession and where the ball was, they just had different shapes. That like Chalaba would go and play um, like, like almost right wing. Or basically what he would do is go and cover whoever was uh, Harvey. And because Harvey was dropping so deep, it looked like he was playing right wing. And so he was going man for man, which allowed Silver to come across and cover all of that in behind because we didn't have any forwards. Uh, anyway, that they were so fluid at the back, it's stupid to try and man mark them. You just go and block the zones and it set, it stops them playing out, basically. So, so it made sense for us to be really, really rigid in midfield and stop them passing through us because they and and see what they can do from the wings, putting crosses into that lad who's six foot two up front who doesn't ever head the ball. So, mm. yeah, good luck with that. So, I, I don't, I don't know whether we're in a long winded way, whether it's it's we're making judgments of this team or, or the things that have happened in these games are because of opportunity and, um, and injuries that have made us a little bit tighter. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL index. We don't just have the Anfield index stuff. We've got EPL index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, Rosie, um, I mentioned that we don't want to call it unqualified success and far from it. And you're going to tell us why now, because can you give us both the match summaries? I'll give you a brief one for the FA Cup. Um, we had um, seven shots to their 11, three shots in the box to their eight, and we both had two shots on target each. They had one big chance. We didn't have any. We ended up with 0.16 non-penalty XG. This is just one model, by the way, and they had 1.53. So that was a bit of a bit of a beating on the XG, a minus I think. I think, I think one of it was in the last yeah. six minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? And it did. There's a there's a there's a big lack of data on this match. I think because that floodlight <laughs> failure thing, isn't it? it? Knocks everything out. I reckon. 
Uh, I know the uh, Y Scout one had it us on not point four and uh, <clears throat> on one point seven. So yeah, it was to, all towards the end of the game. But then we'll come on to the uh, Chelsea one and. Um, although we had more shots, 15 to 11, 10 shots in the box to nine, three shots on target to two, um, and 36 touches in the box to 25, they had 1.7 XG to our 1.3. They also had four big chances to zero. Um, and that is the, we've had, we've conceded a minus four big chance difference twice before at home. Um, that was against Man City and Spurs in the COVID season. Um, so we've never had, we've never conceded four big chances and not con- not created one um, at Anfield under Klopp. So that's the first mm. happened with fans there. It's also the second time that we've gone two consecutive games without having a big chance because the Gakpo one got removed. Um, it, that was the header from the Bichetic uh, knockback. He, um, in Klopp's first season, towards the end of it, when we were doing a lot of rotation, we had a one nil win. And as and a nil nil draw against um, Watford and Southampton, and we didn't create a big chance in either. That was the Emery Can Emery Chan bicycle. It kick. was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely wasn't a big chance. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> um, so that's the only time it's happened. The only time we've had two. So the Chelsea big chances were the early one for Thiago Silva hitting the post. Yes, from the set piece. The goal disallowed. Yeah, there was the bad shield saved by Ali from the set piece. Another set piece. Yeah, there was there was the Mudrick one with the twinkly feet. Yeah, just into the side netting. An hour. Yeah, and then there was the Mudrick one where he didn't get the shot away, but no. he missed. Basically, missed, he was clean through and he miscontrolled it out of play. Yeah, and it goes down as a missed opportunity. That's why. Yeah. He, that's why you might think it's weird that he's got two big chances and only one shot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but it was a, it was a big opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah. was. <clears throat> so, um, there's not actually that much to to be cheered about in in the match summaries, is there, Rudy? Not going forward, no. And even <laughs> we're still looking at. I think one of the crucial factors that we talked about on this on the uh, half season review, or just just under half season review, was shot quality, and we have conceded. More than the sh- the average shot, which is about one ten percent. Going backwards, we've conceded sixteen percent against Chelsea, thirteen Brighton, twenty one Brentford, fifteen Leicester, fourteen fifteen, thirteen twelve, twenty three against Forest, eighteen against West Ham, and then six percent against Man City. That was the last time we conceded less than the average shot quality. We're still conceding high quality. Yeah. yeah. If we carry on doing it, we've got zero chance of top four. Well, I think we got pretty much zero chance of top four anyway. <laughs> I don't. Okay, 1%. I think, I still think of about 20%, is it? Okay. That's one five thirty. Yeah, yeah, but it's out, is it? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, think, I think we've got, we've got, we've got half a season to go and we have players that have demonstrated they are brilliant. It's... The, the statistical um, projection of us, the likelihood of, of Liverpool's t- of our team um, playing this shit going on a run is very, very low. The yeah. likelihood of, of Mo catching fire 
and winning us 10 games out of the next 19, which get, which is enough to get us into the top, top four potentially. I don't think that's unlikely. I think it's very possible because we've seen it many times before. It doesn't look great, but we, we, we statistically know it's very possible. That's all that, that's basically where I would go. I, I would go on the, we, we have a chance where some of our brilliant players might go on a wave like mm. that. Did. Yeah. And that's our one remaining hope. You've got to kind of balance that with there's more sides in front of us now than mm. it was when you went on the last run. Well, I don't um, care about this. I don't care about the size in front of us. I don't think no, it's particularly I, good. But if we, if we get two points per game from this point out, I think we end up as four, we end up in top four. I think we yeah. this team is. I, I don't think it's beyond realms of of possibility that we can uh, that a couple of our brilliant players catching fire is enough to carry this team. As long as Ali carries on doing what he's doing, if a couple of brilliant players. And uh, catch fire is possible, and I don't think it. I don't think it means that this team can be good long term. If that yeah, makes yeah, sense. it's, it's, a, it's for a, ten a, games or for fifteen games, they it's possible. It. Trent and Mo are brilliant, and we get I know Jota back or something like that. Yeah, to, that's uh, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. possible that Darwin stop, goes on a uh, on a crazy run of actually converting. He is going to at some point, and it, you just hope it's at the most opportune moment. Or, yeah. or Gapko does. I mean, how many shots yeah. did he have this that last game? Seven, seven, right? Seven and eighty-five minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? So if one of those goes in, we win the game at the weekend. Yeah, mm, true. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, at some point, at some point, we get we get Mo to have some actual chance. Also, shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so if we win the game in hand, which is a big F at the moment, and um, we are seven points behind Newcastle and Man United, and we have to overtake one of those two teams, yeah, unequivocally we need luck to get through. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and we, I, it wouldn't surprise me if if this is the is the hottest run Newcastle are on, and they'll drop off. Yeah, but yeah, if we say if we if we we have to, we, there's no question we have to beat United at Anfield. Have to. I was going to say that that's the thing for Newcastle. The game we've got against them is at their place. Yeah, right. You have to win United. that as well, pretty much. Well, I, yeah, but, but yeah, you have to beat one of them, didn't you? That's when you're talking about like it's easy for us to, to fall back into the mentality that we've had because we've had to beat every X, single y, Z, game yeah. because of yeah. City, and I I don't think that's the case. I think I think from this point on, two points per game gets us fourth, and I don't think. So you can lose games and still get there. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, seven point gap. So we got to win the head to heads with those two teams. No, no, because they're going to lose games. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So I think it's possible that this is this is like it's just rewind your brain back to the 80s. I think this is going to be 80s football till the end of the season. Yeah, and yet we win the game in hand off, and we beat United. It's only one point difference between us and United. You only have to knock off one of them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I'm no, no. Saying, it, it, I don't it's, think it's it, a possibility. It, it don't. I don't. It wouldn't surprise me. Which is why five thirty eight has got us at twenty percent. I think we're above the projections. I think the likelihood of it happening is very, very possible. I just don't see it. Dan, I said in that in that review pod that Moan Nunes had to catch fire and we had to start conceding fewer than one big chance. We haven't shown anything like that happening yet. But if it does <laughs> from now, then I I do think we get top four. Got to reduce that shot quality as well. I mean, rotate. 
Go on, I just go on, yeah, I just can't. It just doesn't look like we're going to suddenly go on a run of five games and concede four big chances. It looks like we're going to concede three or four every game. It's the weird thing is, I didn't think we'd look, we looked like we were going to see in this game. I know we can see that many big chances, but there were some set players, weren't there? I, I didn't see us. Yeah, no, this was much Do you know better. what I mean? This is better, right? Whereas Brighton, it was like, oh, God, yeah. we're going to concede well, another attack. This we played. We play Newcastle on the 18th, Saturday the 18th of Feb, away, 5.30, and we play United on the 4th of March. What time is that going? Saturday. It's not been announced. There's no, no TV yet for the March fixtures onwards, so yeah. But it'll be moved for TV, you guarantee it, won't it? It's Sunday, won't it? Sunday, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, both of them um, we get um, in the next six weeks. So, anyway. Right. Um, let's talk about those trade-offs then. Um Rosie, you mentioned the attack there, obviously the big one. Um, the, the Wolves game, yeah, it was it was it was a tough watch, wasn't it? Going forward, it was yeah, there was nothing. It was just the Elliot goal and a couple of uh, well, three or four outside the box, and then maybe one mm. inside. It didn't look like scoring. Um, and let's be brutally honest, I think the poor shot. XG on Elliot's shot was twelve percent. Yeah, turn it into that much. What, of a what big surely effort. that surely that's got to be close to a goalkeeper error for his position in there. Oh, absolutely. He's like what 14, 15 yards out. Yeah, and it goes into the middle of the goal. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, a good spot from Elliot to, to see. It was. So far out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not not taking anything away from him, but you would be annoyed if uh, your keeper conceded a goal like that. It was a one percent chance. <laughs> what a one percent chance! Um, so I think um, I think you said um, that Carvalho, Elliot, and Gakpo was the slowest Liverpool front three since Hodgson. Did you say that? He definitely said that. <laughs> Brundish, you are mute, or your you quit, your trackpad's gone. One or the other. It was definitely a slow front free dive. Also, none of our shots were in the width of the uh, goal. Yeah, nightmare. Which is... Well, yeah, we kept shooting over we that, with that yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. You know I'm chatting away here without with my mute on. <laughs> we know you are. <laughs> what are you <laughs> telling you? <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, the slowest front three since what was it, you said? Uh, no, I don't think it was me that said it, but... Um, but it, yeah, that's not very fast, is it? <laughs> they, they, you just got these little. It's like Nick. Bar- I've come to terms with Fab being Nick Bombi, um, baby Fab. Yeah, baby Fab's yeah. baby Fab is Nick is, <laughs> is, is, is Nick Bombi. Um, wow. that's that's his upside. Um, oh, oh my word! Ask your dad, kids. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. We got we got Dumitrescu and Nick Bombi here, uh, and they aren't very big. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's they're they're not going to outrun many lads, are they? No, nah. uh, so you're probably right. It might, I don't even know if if that is it goes goes <clears throat> back to the Hodge because they still. I, I would even have Cow out running those two. Would you? Yeah. Wow. Wow. To be fair, Hodge had broken Torres, didn't he? Lambert and then Gog was Lambert. Yeah, and Gog was Lambert. pretty quick as well. Mickey Lambert. Oh, Hodge didn't have Lambert. No, no, nah, yeah, that, was, but, that was Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Did we have yeah, a Lambert, Lallana, Barini, Lallana, Lambert, Lallana, and Balotelli? Yeah. 
Mm. Not that Balotelli is was quick, but Balotelli would choose not to bother to run. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we did change the front three for Chelsea. Say, um, Mo came back for um, Carvalho. Um. But yeah, the, how did you see the trade off in between trying to stay compact and the attack? I. Th- think there are multiple trade-offs going right now um the significant one is the is the functionality in midfield and i think if you embed that for six weeks that that really good positive things start to happen because there are some really good footballers there um and bring trent in and you've got the connection there between back to front in a way that you don't when milner's playing so i'm fine with that weirdly Right. I know this is, I know Robbo is even kind of loosely finding form right now. If that's possible, I'm not sure. Um, but in games, Trent doesn't start. I think our team's better if Samikas starts because his passing is way better than Robbo's. Um, so he connects midfield, it connects into midfield better. But anyway, the, I think the biggest cost of playing those short lads in this team is that we don't, the upside is we don't they don't give chances right through the midfield, which happened as soon as Harvey went back to the midfield. Um yeah, they don't do <laughs> yeah. that. So yeah. theoretically we we um we are protected against against uh, quick turnovers in the highest opportunity areas. Mm. But when they get through and we give away stupid corners, James Milner, that they can't head the ball anymore because you've got a, a team full of dwarfs and a giant who thinks he's a dwarf. Yeah, so we had one good aerial player against Chelsea, and that was Ibrahim Kanata. Yeah, Kanata. Yeah. yeah, and so here's a question for you all, right? Um, after Ibu, who was the, who was the second best header in that team? Thiago. Thiago. Rosie. Does yeah. Yeah, which is mad because he's like five foot nine. Yeah, but you look at his, you look at Thiago at the moment in terms of his duels, both ground and aerial. He's yeah. an absolute monster at the moment. Yeah. He's winning. I can't find the image at the moment, but he's he's literally covering so much ground for someone who's supposed to be injury prone. Touch wood, yeah. and he's he's winning the ball at a, a really good rate. I mean, well, this is this he is, is comfortably our best player. Yeah, he's comfortably. He's not even a, him and Ali are in a competition for their own player of the year. Yeah, but if you want. What I'm trying to say is, and yeah, we have to acknowledge he is playing well. But you know, if he's your second best header of the ball in the Premier League oh, yeah, in a defensive sure. yeah, defensive sure. play team, yeah, it's you, you, yeah. you're in a bit of trouble, aren't you? If you go, yeah. if you go back to our setup that is brilliant, at, historically been brilliant from set pieces defensively. Yeah, uh, you've got Robbo's the front as the front screen. Robbo's yeah. still there. You've got uh, Matip um, on the front post. Um, in the front zone, Bobby mid zone, and you've got yeah. yeah Gomez replaced in that. But Bobby mid zone, and that has been Hendo, which is rubbish, um, or Gapo now. Um, and I'm telling you, I don't understand. It just Van Dyke back zone, and then Van Dyke at back zone. So you, so now you've got Fab screen, right way more ball dominant than than um, than Van Dyke. Um, so Ibu will leave his zone to go and head the ball. Mm. Um, so he is much more of a prototypical. Uh, you put him in the middle, in the middle of the of the box, and say, "Go and head it," and everyone else stays where they are. That's what I would do with him because that he innately wants to do that every time. Yeah, but he's it's probably in this situation the best thing to do because he's the only one that wants to head the ball. Yeah, 
Well, Gapo completely missed it. He tried to head it, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. That was quite weak. That was quite worrying, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's in the mid zone from set plays, that is a critical area. Yeah, they, just need, they just need to run that. You know, the, the old train set play where they run two into an area and overload him and they'd score straight away. Truck and trailer? Yeah, it's truck and trailer. That's the one I'm talking about, yeah. Because if Gapco's not going to win that, you've got two players in, in his zone with the ball. Yeah. Right in the middle of the dock. Right that's dangerous. But yeah. our, our, you, you could plot against our three or four game, or we're, we look a little bit shakier from set pieces than the rest of the immaculate brilliance over three years. When Bobby went through phases of, oh, he made stupid choices or he missed the headers or it was typically yeah. down to Bobby. Yeah. Uh, and Jota was even kind of clean doing it. He, he, probably li- a little bit less so than, than Bobby had been at his best. But like that's a significant trade-off at set pieces. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how you solve that problem because you should theoretically you should be able to stick Darwin there and it should be good. So the- well, if, Darwin, paper- if, Dar- if, Dar- if Darwin comes back in for Elliot in the on the left of the front three, that improves things, right? Oh no, no, on paper it does. Because yeah. they have to actually head the ball. They don't. Hmm. So it looks like they're bigger than they are, but they don't have the ball. So you might as well. Have I disagree. Anyway. I, th- I think. I think. I think Nunes is very, very good in the air. Yeah, he's got a couple of that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah but that's, it, that's attacking. It, it's not defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not. He doesn't jump in build-up play. He, do, he he makes terrible. He, he just. If the goal is, if there's a chance of him scoring from a header, he actually has quite a good skill with head. Mm. But like that's like Michael Owen. Okay. Michael Owen's brilliant. So you're saying there's work to do. So he, he, you're saying he, he he's he's okay, but he's not good defensively from the set. I'm saying he chooses not to jump for headers. Okay. Yeah. So so, so theoretically, <clears throat> our best out our, our best team to put on the pitch for this. And, and if you think about it historically, Klopp has picked as big a team as he can sometimes. Yes. Like yeah. at a choice. Yes. A lot of the time. Yes. Um, it would be to have Matip and Ibu and Fab. And um, and Darwin yeah. and Gakpo, and then on paper you've got quite a big team. Yeah. Problem yeah. is, Matip is is got thirty percent aerial wins this season, no. dropped from sixty nine percent average down to thirty thirty yeah. percent aerial wins. Absolutely shocking, and one of the reasons why we get transitioned on all the time. Yeah, Fab's dropped, five, yeah. but only five percent. But he has dropped a little bit. Darwin just doesn't have the ball. Go, Gomez is always better than Darwin. Gomez has already always been mediocre by centre back standards. He's like fifty yeah. percent aerial. Yeah. Yeah. he's not in the zone to do that from defensively. No, so he's just yeah. a blocker, isn't he? He's just a blocker. Yeah, yeah. So Jota, basically, the answer to answer the questions are: Jota coming back will improve us on set plays both, at both ends. Nunes will should improve us over Elliot, and then Van Dijk coming back from. Hamstring will improve us, obviously. But yeah. You counter if, if you take Elliot out of that side, right, and you put Nunes in the box, your breakaway from a counter is mo, isn't it? We we don't have anyone else because you haven't got we need, the, the lack of gas, lack of space to break away is, mm. is reduced, right? If you put yeah, him you on your second, short, slow like, lads in the team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So <clears> at the moment, you it's there's a trade off. Let's like say there's trade offs all over the place. Because we're having to go right, we need height in the box, right? But that's also one of our quickest players, so we can't really. Well, the counter will be easy to defend because they just defend Mo. Yeah. So you haven't so, got yeah, I, n- I hadn't thought about that. So if we break in that last match, you've literally got Mo twenty yards ahead yeah. of anybody else, and hope Robbo catches him. And then they'll just mark Mo. They'll just be yeah. like, right, he's the player. That's where the ball's going. Go ahead yeah. and we'll mark him. Whereas at least if you had 
Nunes in the team, it'd be two two of them breaking. Exactly. And but then the counter trade off is if we 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 we're in the box. Yeah. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. So, yeah, we haven't yeah. got a perfect solution at the moment. It is Rafa's so, blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to um, ask you guys one thing about um, the other thing, which was, which was, uh, I thought was a big tactical change from Brighton after Brighton. Klopp said one of the big, one of the problems amongst the, amongst the problems, amongst the many problems, was that we weren't compact enough. And I thought it was really interesting against Wolves and Chelsea that we kept the high defensive line. Um, it is pretty much where it's always been. But the answer to make the team compact was to drop the the front pressing line by about twenty meters. Um, and, and go into this more defensive shape. So the, the distance from the front to the back was a lot less than Brighton. So rather than being on the edge of the Brighton box, um, you know, like, like like they were Gakpo and Salah were getting pulled into, who was it, Colwell and Dunk, was it, and, and the keeper, you know, against Chelsea and Wolves, Gakpo was, was, was what, midway through the, um, midway inside the half, closer to the centre circle probably than the, than the, than, than, than the goalkeeper. So I, I guess sort but, I mean, overall, do you think that's the right decision as well? To just yeah, you know, to, uh, to, to I, get more compact. I think last last pod we said you either you either stick with a high line, change yeah, you know, get reduced to the age of the side so they can run a bit, or and you can carry on pressing, or you change one of those. You know, you stop pressing, you play a deeper line, and you keep the old players. So I think he changed the the age of the midfielders, whether that's meritocracy or just playing. I think he actually. He made them braver. I think they actually played a bit higher against Chelsea than they had done against Brighton. Mm. And then he reduced the front line, but he also put a player in a press. So I think he solved all three of those <coughs> in a defensive way. So he made the pitch a lot more compact, as you say, by dropping the lines closer together. So they, and also by not the right side, right side of the centre midfield, which has been a problem for us for, I would say, 18 months. And Hendo actually proved that maybe it is him because he came on and did exactly what he's been doing for the past 18 months, whereas Naby had played a very disciplined role. Mm. By having those, the eights playing more disciplined, closer to our six, we, we made, again, made our shape more compact. Yeah. So it, it I think that, that there's a trade-off in that. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure, but I think, yeah, definitely. High, we kept the high line, we reduced the top line down because it was a mid-block. I think you t- typed in there, it was a definite not to go as high in the press. It was they would come out a bit and then we would press. Yeah. Um, and then we made the middle more compact so it wouldn't go through. So it, all of that enabled us to have a better off-ball performance. 
I say that with a caveat. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It was better, though. It definitely was better. But there's a, um, there's, a, there's a massive red wall of heat on your yeah. Exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. Across, across their half in between the middle of the edge of the penalty area and the edge of the uh, centre mm-hmm. circle. Yeah. And the other factor, we conceded the most shots ever against Brighton from failed presses. In this game, zero shots conceded. Hey. Yeah, and efficiency was decent as well, Rosie, to be yeah. fair, and again in this one. And and we actually, actually, Gav said, to be fair, the structure, the pressing structure was better, even though it was deeper. You know, We actually had seven shots from pressing. Okay, it was only a total of 0.55 XG, but Gag said the whole structure of the, t- the team and the press, even though it was a deeper press mid-block, was better to then counter-attack on Chelsea if we did manage to, to win. So well, the, the press was the success of the game, wasn't it? It has, to, yeah. it has to be considered that compared to the Brighton game. We've had better games pressing, but in, in comparison with that Brighton game, this was a success. Um, and yeah, to, to not concede any shots is, is absolutely huge. Yeah, and you know, we're making we're making judgments here. Like this is a, a a new manager, a new team that's like needs replacing totally. I was going to ask you, like, Sai, because I was going to ask you something similar. That you know we haven't had much credit for any of the coaching staff this season, but finally it looks like maybe the penny has dropped and they've actually gone away and thought. There's lots of problems here. We need to make changes and we need to make big tactical changes. And that's it's the first time I can recall it for a long time. Yeah. I I'm our problems are attributed to um largely they're attributed to the owners not buying new players when we've chosen to keep giving new contracts to old players. Yeah. So now our team is aged. The average age of the team is two and a half years older than it was two and a half years ago when we were good, which was peak age. Uh, the legs have fallen off our lads and there's not much else we can do about it. And it seems like, I don't know, what whatever the cause is that, that has get to this position, right? But this is the first time in my lifetime where where not only Liverpool fans, but the world is watching, giving great deal of sympathy to the coaches that have created this. What we're seeing, the performances on the pitch, right? They are totally unlike Liverpool, totally unlike Klopp. And Klopp created Klopp's feeling that, uh, the it was a vision you could see it in game one of a shitty team created by Brendan, and he can't do that in this team. No, and that now we're given credit for green shoots supposedly of of blocking up spaces. Yeah, like like you would do to fucking Norwich. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm just yeah. not ready to give give credit out for that. No. That's it is fair. mad. It is mad. What you know, the, how 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 low the bar is, isn't it? It's crazy. It really is. And, but and the problem is, it's not even asking, almost asking for credit for it. Yeah. The the, the problem is, is that it's make it make a pretty rubbish rubbish podcast if all we did was come on here and rant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a genuine improvement from the Brighton game, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small step. It, so, and it's only it's only the pressing down. It's not the attacking patterns. No, nah, it's, exactly it's not the outcomes apart nah. from the results. Yeah, right. and the energy was better. And yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, okay, quick word on the rematch then. Um, right, we've got to show this 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 team of upstarts, right, that we've learned from this, and we are not a bunch of mugs, and we are Liverpool, right? We've got to go there, and we've got to go. We've got to go to toe to, to them, toe to toe with them, and we've got to win, right? We can't be if we turn in another performance like we did in the league. We are we're finished, aren't we? Do you think we're? Do you think it's possible to win at Brighton? Well, I was going to say what? Mm. What? I mean, this is it. This we're like talking about winning at Brighton is like climbing Everest now. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I do not. We talked about it last week. For, for this, team. I, do, I don't think Brighton are this brilliant. Like they could dominate everybody, as shown by what they're play, them playing the next <clears> game straight after us, right? It's just that that we suit them like two years ago, Bournemouth suited us or Arsenal yeah, suited yeah. us. And I don't know what we can do to match their physicality and and their physicality is what dominated us. Well, I agree with that side of things, the, the physicality, right, for sure. However, one thing we can do is stop bloody falling for Brighton's what they wanted us to do, which was to press them right up to the edge of the box and into the box and then just pass through us. And yeah. one that we, we can we can repeat the Wolves and Chelsea tactics would be a much better starting point. Well, that'd be a litmus test, wouldn't it? To see yeah. whether or not we can force Brighton to play out wide. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if they force it to play to growth, would might be an interesting uh, test for our ability to deal with the ball early in our box. Mm. But I'm still... That would be a litmus test for us at these tactics. Can we force Brighton, who rip through the middle of our park, at will, through ball after through ball, to play out wide? If we do that, I would say that's... that's a, it's a small step. I agree with Si, we're probably giving too much credit to green streets, but... We haven't anything for the whole season, so we've got to mm. give something somewhere. Yeah. Are we playing? When are we playing the next? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, yeah. At Brighton. Yikes. In the cup. That's, you, you got a chance for players to be back, right? So Trent should be back if he trains this week. Nunes is back. Well, yeah, you know, you've got to put Trent up. back up against Matoma, who absolutely destroyed him. Yeah, but the, the flip side to that is you get Milner, he'll get destroyed by him. Yeah, And true. Milner will get a yellow card early. And Milner offered us probably very little going forward, whereas Trent, in the areas that Milner yeah. got into at the weekend, would have produced some balls. The yeah, and if, you, is, and if you play Trent alongside Bacetic... Exactly. And, 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 and Naby, yeah. it, would, it would create... Yeah. They will work together on that. I see no reason why Trent can't do what Milner did in those pressing zones to create that area. I've seen no reason why they can't do that. The other side, I think you'll gain more because... Elliot was too deep against Chelsea. And as much as we might think Nunes has got to have something to work on off the ball, just playing higher will help us out attacking-wise because he won't yeah, be I mean, on the you, toe you, you, you're gonna fancy You're going to fancy Nunes against Pascal Gross, right? Exactly, exactly. Right? And, you know, and, and Estepinian's a good, you know, he's a good player. Yeah. But, you know, Mo Salah. You know, for God's sake, it's Mo Salah. And that's what I'm saying. So there's... I think if we do this and stop them going through in the middle of the, of the pitch, which is what yeah. they did at their place. So Gakpo drop in the defensive nine again, just ahead exactly. of the midfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a start. Yeah. 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 So do we have, do you think the, what do you think the midfield is? It wouldn't surprise me <clears> if we, in the convoluted way, Henderson found his way back into the team. At I have all. to say, if that, if that happens, we lose. Yeah, because you know, we don't have any of the discipline that we've talked about, at least no. in these two games. And we just did the whole ability to protect the centre and stay I together can see, as a I unit. can see if Fab came in and played the six, I think I, I think we'd be all right. I'd just play Manchetic. But I'd play that. I'd really play would. the three to play against Chelsea. I really would. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't be careful for the Bacetic thing yet. Um, 
but as I'm always against kids, it seems, and I don't even know why. But yeah, it's, it's, it's more mobile, so it's, it's more mobile on the ball than Fab's been. If Fab suddenly turned turn the clock back and was somewhere near the Fab he was, and play him. Yeah, I still think we get caught up in that, right? Is the the mo the mobile six only really matters when you get caught? And, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And don't not getting caught is I think he's better at not at not getting caught in the first yeah. place. I think he's better at keeping the ball. So our our best chance at beating uh, not Brighton. Brighton per se, but the uh, a team that that have the intensity of Brighton with the technical players oh. through the middle of the pitch yeah. is high possession control. Yeah. Yeah. And also the half against Brentford, I know we had a lot of the ball, but Fab, Thiago and Naby, I thought looked pretty good. Um, Rosie, oh, just on, just on the Brighton game. Um, I mean, one of the things that you, we did touch on there was that, you know, Adam Alana gave Fabinho the runaround, didn't he? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I definitely don't want to see anywhere near the same midfield that we saw against Brighton. Yeah, I want. I, yeah, would you want to see the, the, the Chelsea midfield against Brighton? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Change Trent for Milner and Nunes for Elliot. Exactly that. Yeah, it'd be fine with me. I, I would love for you guys to be right about Bashetic. Yeah, I'm not but saying he's going to be well beat. So I, I just think he's. Yeah, I think you've got to say you've got to say you won the last round. You got us this far. You got a clean sheet in the league. Oh yeah, it's go again. Well, yeah. yeah, my issue is the chain. Like when Batachich comes off, we do some mad stuff with the subs. It, it doesn't well, stray. Bring on, you bring on Fab. And, yeah, he didn't and, do that, did he? he and, took, why, yeah, why, he why did Why didn't he just sub Elliot, Elliot, Elliot for Nunes? I don't get it. Because Navi couldn't play another ninety. Is that why? Bonkers, but at one point we had a left winger playing centre midfield, a forward playing left wing, and a left wing. Playing <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? I was like, "What's uh, going on?" Yeah, and then you wonder yeah. why Chelsea ripped through the middle of the park, and the new fella got two amazing chances. Yeah, down the right channel. Yeah, right. Uh, so are we? Um, there's a replay, isn't there, Rosie? For this one, the fourth round of replay. <laughs> is there really? Ah, oh, there is. It, is I it? think if there's a draw, there's a replay. I think. Oh. <laughs> that's that's all I want. A replay. No draw. <laughs> no, draw. no draw. Okay. Uh, are we going to win? Moti? Um, I think we might draw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't care. <sighs> but. Do you know what? I take a clean sheet now. Yeah, clean sheet. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Another nil-nil. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get because you just keep. If we, if we, as long as we keep building, what building something of what we do, yeah. better than nothing. Well, if nothing, yeah, a couple of big chances have been nice, Dan. That'd be nice. It would. It yeah, would, it would, or one, would one nice. big chance. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen! I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Nothing envisages our fall from grace more than the last fifteen minutes of this podcast. Anyway, that has been your Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast for this week. We will be back after the Brighton on Tuesday. The is it the first of February? Yeah, no, Tuesday the 31st, we'll be back. Uh, until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.